Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode. This was probably one of my favorite conversations. I get to know Laura Michelle Powers. She's a celebrity psychic, an entertainer, an author, just an overall powerhouse who has literally come from pretty much nothing to creating and manifesting the life of her dreams. So if you are in the coaching world or just curious about starting your own business, I really pick her brain when it comes to money and mindset and just shifting your beliefs. And we just had an amazing and incredible conversation. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it brings you value and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vibe Talk Awaken. I'm your host, Vibe Queen, and I'm so excited to have this week's guest on the show. We actually connected through a podcasting coaching group that I was a part of. Uh, Before we get into the conversation, I'm going to share her bio. So Laura Michelle Powers is an entertainer, celebrity psychic, actress, model, host, singer, writer, and speaker. She is the host of the popular film and TV podcast Behind the Scenes with Laura Powers and her top 100 podcast, Healing powers podcast she is the author of eight books and currently editing two other books she travels full-time for her clients for television and other media opp- uh, opportunities and also just for the love of traveling laura has been featured on several tv shows and networks including buzzfeed nbc abc cbs fox the cw the jet set and many others she was recently interviewed by will ferrell on his podcast the ron burgundy podcast. Welcome, Laura. How are you feeling? I'm doing great. It's so nice to be here and connect with you. Yes, absolutely. I'm really, really excited to have you on here and for your time. So thank you so much. Uh, Every single episode, we start off with the question, what is your awakening journey? So I'm very curious to hear what got you on this path. Sure. So I was always a psychic little kid, though I didn't think of it in those terms. Uh, I just knew I saw and sensed things that other people didn't. I remember being a kid and just feeling like an alien. <laughs> I remember <laughs> looking around being like, I am not like these people. I just I just inherently felt very different. And it was clear to me at a pretty early age that most people didn't see and sense what I did. In fact, I didn't think anyone else did. I remember asking my mom when I was seven years old if she saw things. And I knew based on her response that she just had no idea what I was talking about. And so <laughs> right. I was like... I better just not talk about this. But basically, I grew up seeing non-physical things, including ghosts. So I saw ghosts in many cases as if they were live people, like they frequently looked very solid to me. So very much like the kid in the sixth sense, where I would see someone and sometimes I wouldn't realize they weren't a a live human until they would do something that small life can't you know, do at least based on our current understanding, like walk through a door, (laughs) things like that. And so it was very confusing to me. I grew up thinking I was probably crazy, just best not to talk about it, tried to ignore, deny, block it out. But as I got older, it just got stronger and stronger. And I think this happens for people that have, for example, a strong life purpose where their gifts are a part of what they're meant to do here. Like it wasn't meant for me to block it out. So I had a hard time and it just got stronger and stronger. And I had issues with spirits trying to get in my body. Like it could be a trans medium and I prefer not to have that. Like I want to use my body for me. So I'm more of a mental medium now um, or a psychic where I just use my abilities and relay whatever it is that I'm getting. But until I learned how to have those boundaries, I had spirits trying to get in my body. So very much like if you've seen the movie ghosts, like when Patrick Swayze's character goes into Whoopi Goldberg like that. (laughs) And I was like, 
battling for control of my body at times. Like it was, you know, stressful. And at the same time, you know, not wanting to seem crazy. I didn't want to, I didn't know who to talk to about it. So I had a pretty significant kind of life-changing moment that happened for me when I was in college. And there was one particular ghost that had been really problematic for me that was trying to get in my body. He was an alcoholic. He wanted a drink. He needed a body to do that. He tried to convince me to just let him take over for a while. (laughs) I didn't want to. It was a battle. And a family friend was storing some things in my parents' garage and I was there and he came over to me, my friend, our family friend, and and he was like shaken and kind of pale. And I said, you know, what's wrong? And, and he said, well, this, this male ghost came up to me and he was very aggressive and he described the ghost and it was this ghost that I had been dealing with. So I was like, well, I guess he can't see something if it's my hallucination. So this must be real, which was kind of comforting on a level, but also terrifying because right. on a way I'd be like, yeah. well, if I'm just crazy, well, like that's bad, but <laughs> I, you know, it just made it very real to me. And I was in a way happy for that, but I still didn't really know what to do about it. I mean, it was a different time in terms of the internet, the internet there, but it was Mm -hmm. not developed in the way that it was now to find tools, resources, teachers, community. And so I, at that point was like, I really got to stop this. And so I fully was like, I'm shutting this down. And I pretty successfully stopped seeing and sensing most of the time. But the problem is I still didn't have those energy boundaries. So it wasn't like I really stopped things from, I just kind of like, it's like I put on a blindfold or something, you know, and was like, right. la, 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 I don't want to see you. I don't hear you. <laughs> so fast forward many years and I was just living my life, you know, how most people do doing all the things you're supposed to do, like husband check, advanced degree check, job check, house check, you know, all the things. And then during the recession, it just kind of all came crashing down for me. I realized my marriage wasn't what I thought it was. And so that fell apart. I was physically ill. I had a contract position, which ended and I couldn't get another job. So I didn't have any money. I was unemployed. Like I was on sleeping pills. Like everything was just a mess. And I had been going to doctors and not really having a lot of traction to try to figure out what was going on. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do something different. So I went to a psychic and I didn't tell her about all this, by the way. I didn't tell her about seeing things as a child or all those experiences, but it didn't matter because she knew. And she explained to me how when I shut out my psychic abilities, I also shut out my intuition. So basically I was like flying Uh, blind in my life. I was living my life in the way that you're kind of supposed to, but that wasn't for me. That wasn't the way I was supposed to in the sense of like what was really the best for me. And I also believe that when you have abilities and you block them out, you can get sick. There's something called shaman sickness, which is described in indigenous cultures. And like that energy gets kind of trapped in your body. And if you don't channel this energy that you're receiving psychically and spiritually, it causes physical problems. So I think that was happening on a physical level as well. So when she said that to me, it made sense. And I set the intention to open back up psychically. And I pretty much immediately had an an incredible angelic visitation experience, which I'd never had before. I'd never had invited the angels in in that way. And just completely did a 180 in terms of like how I was living my life, how I was operating. You know, I had worked in government and politics right before all this happened. And so, and then I was like, I'm a psychic. And I started taking classes and I started pretty quickly to started to do readings for people because people started to say, wow, you're really good at this. So in a way to people from the outside, it was like I became a completely different person because how it was appearing to the world, interfacing, reacting, everything was very different, but my life also became so much better. (laughs) So basically, you know, I've been living that life ever since then, and it's gotten so much better. And I'm really passionate about um, helping people tap into their own abilities. So I teach psychic training now. 
um, and do readings for people and just helping them know, like, look, you could have an amazing life. Whatever you think you can have, it's probably way better than that. Right. And my yeah. life is a great example. So now I have a pretty incredible life, two homes, you know, a couple locations. I, you know, not COVID aside, I travel all the time. Normally I have incredible clients and, you know, just make the hours that I want, like pretty much I, you know, if I decide I want to do something, I can create it. And so, and I don't think I'm special. I've just learned how to tap into this and I'm here to teach others how to do that as well. Wow, that is a powerful story. Amazing. <laughs> so in your opinion, do you feel that all people have, I guess, for lack of better words, psychic abilities, and it's just maybe others have, they're more tapped into it, and maybe others shut it down sooner. And the sooner you shut it down, maybe it's, is it more challenging to open it back up? Or am I completely off track? Can you just kind of explain, because I know you said you're not special, but sometimes it can kind of feel like, oh, this psychic reader, this, it's like, well, I can't do that. I'm not, I don't have psychic abilities. But then I feel like, well, you have your intuition. So could you maybe clarify that so people can really get a, a better sense of that? Sure. I think everyone is unique and special in their own way. I just meant I'm not special in the sense of like how I can manifest. Like we all can manifest gotcha. and we all have different tools. Some of my strong psychic tools are some of, in my toolbox, but everyone has the ability to create in the way that I'm creating. Uh, I do believe that psychic abilities are very much like other types of abilities and there's a range. So, you know, there's uh, everyone has some artistic kind of creative ability. Uh, everyone could do some kind of, generally speaking, athletics, but not everyone's going to be an Olympic athlete or a world-class right. artist. But that said, there are a lot of people who have that in them and they've just never tried. They've never mm. practiced or even put it in their mind that it's a possibility. And the psychic realm and tools are different because most people have never learned about it. You know, what if you had it in you to be an incredible artist or an incredible athlete, but you never were able to walk or run like you were strapped down or like you never had paint or a paintbrush or a pencil to draw, yeah. you know? How so, would you know? Right. And so I feel like that's the case in our society is most people just, they've never, they don't have it as a sense of construct. They've never tried. They don't have the tools. They don't have the teachers. So that's one of my sort of life goals and missions is to change how we operate with this. I really do think we should have, you know, psychic and intuitive training for little kids and everything. And how different would the world be if we all learned how to tap into our own, own inner navigation, you know, as a, yeah. as a young person. I mean, I didn't learn to start doing this until I was 30. And like ever since then, my life has been wow. so much better, right? But what if I learned when I was a little kid instead of just feeling like I was like an alien and like crazy? <laughs> right, absolutely. So when when you finally stepped into your power, I suppose, and like, I guess, left that life behind of politics and government, how drastic was that for you? Did friends... Like, did friendships end? Did your family embrace you? Or like, like, what was that like? Because I know that could be scary, you know, and that may be the reason why some people may not want to step fully into that because of that fear of, of judgment of, oh, what are people going to think of me? You know, so I'm curious to hear what that experience was like for you. Yeah. I mean, certainly there were people that kind of couldn't go along the journey or weren't open to that, were skeptical. And, and here's the thing. I don't expect people to believe what I believe. They don't have the same perceptions that I believe. Like, would I believe what I do if I didn't perceive the way I do? Probably not. So I don't I don't have judgment for that, but there are some people that, yeah, they could align with that and some that couldn't. So some were able to shift and kind of have me in this area and some weren't. But I, I do feel 
while it's important not to judge people if they have a different perspective or opinion or are open to this, um, at the same time, you choose who you want to connect with. And I want to connect with people that love and accept me as I am. So if you're not able to do that for whatever reason, then that's not okay. Now, I, like I said, there's plenty of people that have a different worldview and we can still be friends as long as we're kind mm-hmm. and respectful of exactly. each other. Yeah. Um, and in terms of family, I think there were some people that were like, mm, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to this time <laughs> with my mom. It was really interesting because there were so many things that she was like, wow, suddenly that makes sense. You know, I had all these weird things happen when I was a kid and just was all, wow. just things that were hard to explain, you know, calling the cops on a ghost, you know, I didn't explain that, but you know, I would call them like, there's an intruder in the house. Oh, the cops show up, guns drawn. Like I think it was like five or six cops and like oh everything's locked from the inside. Like, and I'm oh, like, I swear I saw someone in the house. You know, right. Just, just oh, things no. like that. Like it was yeah. hard. And so she, I th- think it was helpful for her to like understand those things. But at the same time, it was a, a bit hard for her too. We became Facebook friends. When, you know, she wasn't on Facebook right away, but then she joined. And at that point, I was fully like open about this and my work and posting about psychic things on my page and and profile. And I remember at one point she said, "Laura, I think you shouldn't post some of these things." And I, <laughs> I basically <laughs> was like, "Well, it's my business." Meaning, literally, it's my work, but also it is my business. And you know, I said to her, "You can either, you know." unfriend me or unfollow or you could, you know, or just like accept it. That's the, those are the options on the table. And, and after a period of time, she did get more comfortable with it. So sometimes we just have to hold our boundaries and people will either accept it or they won't. And we need to hold that space and, you know, give ourselves permission to be that and give them permission to do whatever they feel is right. You know, mm-hmm. it, for me, it wasn't an ultimatum. It was just like, this is what I'm doing. You can either kind of be in this or not. That's up to you. Um, totally understand whichever you choose. And she ultimately did decide to stay connected in that way and got more that. comfortable. So, you know, everyone is reacting. And also I feel like we're going through a massive shift right now where there's just more and more openness to this kind of thing as a whole. And that's going to continue to happen, I think, for a long time. Yeah. I really love that you state you stated to hold your boundaries. That's so powerful because often, especially with family, that can be seen as selfish or, oh, you don't love me or you're not, you're not changing for me. And it's like, no, this is my boundary and you can either accept it or not. And I love that you did that and she was able to come around and just recognize, well, this is who I am. So if you want a relationship, you can. You just need to accept me as I am where I am. So I think that's really beautiful. I think it's more powerful for all of us to do that. And it's funny that you brought up the word selfish. I feel like that was such a trigger for me growing up. In fact, it was a label given to me by my stepdad, like, don't you don't be selfish or you're being selfish. And I feel like this is used as almost like a weapon, especially for women where we've been taught to be so selfless and like, that's a badge of honor. And I don't think that it is. We really need to reframe that we are important and our wants and needs are important. And it's funny. So I have a podcast, Healing Powers Podcast. And one of my guests on that show is Joanna Hunter. She's also a guest teacher in my psychic training program. And she wrote a book called Selfish. (laughs) And it's all about like owning that and meaning like, it's not selfish to do what is good for you. It's not selfish to have healthy boundaries. Um, But I think that's, especially as women, as intuitives who are often like healers, it's especially mm-hmm. important for us to hold those boundaries for ourselves and not judge ourselves for wanting things that we, sh- we should have, that it's okay for us to have. It's wonderful yeah. for us to have. Absolutely. I'm going to have to add that 
book to the list. So this is a beautiful transition to business because something I see a lot, and I, I will admit I've struggled with this as well, is feeling like you're selfish for charging for your time or you know the value as a healer or as a, as a reader. So can you share with us how you were able to get to where you are today? You're successful, you have businesses, you know, you know what your time is worth. I talk to a lot of people and they struggle with that. And, you know, I'm kind of like at the tipping point myself, I'll be very transparent why I intellectually understand it. And I like, I I get it, but there's still moments where I slip into the doubt Mm -hmm. and I'm very well aware of, you know, if you, you can say the affirmations, you can journal, you can do all the stuff, but if you don't fully believe you're worthy, it's not going to show up. So I'm really curious to hear how you were able to do that, especially after the recession, going through um, uh, the failed marriage and all of that, because it sounds very similar to my journey. Sure. So yeah, I think charging for our worth is something that it's, first of all, it's a journey. It's not like you do it and then you've arrived. It's a constant mm-hmm. process and it's a range. And And just to give people some perspective, I grew up like really poor. I mean, I know there's, again, there's levels of poverty and abundance as well, but when I was a little kid, we didn't have a toilet, <laughs> to say if, you know, which is wow. rare in like sort of developed countries. Um, I was born in France and we had an outhouse. I mean, we didn't, we really didn't have money. <laughs> so that was the level that I was born into. And I think people look at me now and think like, okay, I do, I am financially successful. And, but I've had a lot of inner work to do. And I was also born mm-hmm. into um, an abusive situation. So there was also a lot of really intense mindset stuff about like, you know, being without value and, you know, whenever you you're in the system of abuse, it's hard not to feel like that's about you or like there's some, you know, you're not worthwhile and that's why you're experiencing this. So just want people to know that we all have our stuff and it's a journey and you reach a level and then there's often more work to do to get to another level and to keep going. It's absolutely worthwhile. So I think there's multiple things to do. One is, yeah, you to stand in your value for yourself, believe that it's possible. I, I really believe to ask the angels for help. Uh, they were really crucial for me in the beginning. And there were so many times they would, they would like suggest for me to raise my prices. And each time it was like, it was like so painful. So if you're going through that or whether it's even to charge it to begin with, I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I even started my business and was guided to start my business when I did was because if I would have had any other option, I would have. Like if I could have just given my services away for free indefinitely, I would have. So they basically forced my hand. I had no job and no job was coming. And it was like, this is what you need to do. And until I did it, you know, that was what I had to do. So I was like, I need to charge because I need food. (laughs) So I'm stubborn and that's part of what happened for me. But I I learned to listen. I learned to develop trust with my guides and they would suggest for me to raise my prices. And I raised them very aggressively in the first year. I raised my prices about three times. And each time it was like, whoa. Uh, And each time there were people that maybe resisted or didn't want to do it. And that's okay. You know, some people won't be able to pay, but maybe when you release them, you're making way for those who can and will, who appreciate you at that new level. And some people may go along the journey. I've had some clients that have been with me this whole time for like 10 years, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. Wow. I started at, I think it was like, 
$30 for 30 minutes, you know, so that, and, and I'm now for my readings, it's a thousand an hour. So just to give people. Oh, that's so inspiring. <laughs> you I'm know, like, yes. Been, thank you. It's been that's a amazing. Just a lot of, you know, it's not happened like instantly, obviously, mm-hmm. but I believe in signs and messages and listening. And there's always someone who can appreciate you and, and it's available to pay at that level. So this was when I was uh, right at that point that I was talking about, I had been guided to raise my prices and I had been doing it already several times and, you know, a couple times that year. And so I was kind of like, am I an ego about this? I just want to double check. I asked for signs and messages. I was mm-hmm. driving home to my hometown from Denver, which is about a, I think it was like 30, 45 minute drive. And I was asking the angels, please give me a sign that I cannot misunderstand. I was driving home got home and in my mailbox was a business magazine and the headline article on the cover was 10 reasons why you should raise your prices. And it was addressed to me, a magazine I had never subscribed to. And then wow. logical mind in the magazine were 10 reasons why. So if you're hearing <laughs> like this, literally telling you, yeah, <laughs> if you're hearing this and just take this, that this is a sign and message for you about that, that we show people, we show the world, the universe, our value, we show it first. And then you know, and then it's reflected to us. And if you're struggling with that, there's several things you can do to help heal, clear and release beliefs about, you know, your value or not it being worthwhile, et cetera. I love tapping. I love emotion code. And I've done extensive work in both of those to help continue to allow my sort of uh, ability to receive, to raise up to higher and higher levels. But I believe a rising tide lifts all ships. The more we have, the more we can share. You know, as I've grown my business, I pay other people. I buy things. I, you know, this is a is helping me obviously, but it also helps so many other people. And I get repeat clients and customers because they're appreciating it. And then also, if you are raising your prices and you're struggling with that issue of like, well, I feel badly for those who can't afford it. I mean, I think this is a really common thing. Make things accessible for people at all price points or at various price points, but that doesn't mean that it has to be your time. So Mm. that was part of the driver for me to write books, to do my podcast or blog posts or things like that. It's like, here's information. Do I personally need to spend one-on-one time with everyone? Um, No. You know, certain people are able to pay my rates will be able to, and that's great. And here's a ton of free or low cost resources for those. And so I think that's a great approach for those who are struggling with that. I love that. So many gems. Beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) I know while I was reading up on you, you had mentioned you worked uh, with Tony Robbins. And so I love that you shared that you worked with a coach because I'm a big believer that those that are coaches can benefit from working with coaches as well. Uh, What would you say is uh, your biggest takeaway of working with him? And what advice would you give to other people that are looking to hire a coach? What should they look for in a coach? Yeah, I think it's important to get training. By the way, I don't feel personally very aligned with him anymore, but I did take training oh, from okay. him. And I, I did learn a lot of how he does things on a business level, which is good. I did love his firewalk. I will say that I did that. And that was very, very helpful. But I think on a general level, it's important to always be working on ourselves. And when we're taking classes from people uh, or hiring a mentor or coach, sometimes it's about the strategies that we learn or the tools. Sometimes we're, we're to get in their energy and learn something about how they operate. Something Sometimes it's just to see how they're modeling things so we can do that. Mm. And I'm constantly 
doing professional development. Like I'm in three different classes right now. And some of wow. these things okay. I might even be considered an expert in, and I must still take a class on it if I feel like intuitively there's something. And sometimes it's not even about the content. Like I've taken several classes where I then booked clients that were in the class, <laughs> you know? So just, if you get an intuitive hit, like that just feels like it'd be helpful. Just, just pay attention to that and honor that. But I do believe we're constantly learning and, you know, frankly, if we're incarnated, we still have stuff to learn or we wouldn't be here. <laughs> Such a good point. Such a good point. So there is a quote that you shared on your Instagram. I'm going to read it because it just like hit me and I would love for you to elaborate on it. And so you mentioned that you were uh, shown that 98% of people stop or give up on their dream or desire because of hopelessness when they are so close to a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. I think that's profound. Honestly, like what? 98%? That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So can you can you share with us how you were, I guess, shown that psychically? And yeah, what, what, what advice would you give for people that may be feeling hopeless? You know, maybe they had a little bit of success or, you know, in my case, I'm just going to be very transparent with you. You know, I had a client that was just about to sign and then a couple days before, you know, going for it, they dropped out and I tried to overcome the objection and all of that. And it just to no prevail. And it's like, I'm aware, like, okay, you don't take it personally. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, you, this, that, and you can become aware of that, but then you still have that little bit of feeling of, of like, Ugh. and I, I can identify that's that hopelessness. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to quit, but I can see how a lot of people may quit. So I'm curious to hear your perspective. Yeah, I think this is this is the human experience, right? And uh, the the extra mile is never crowded, as they say. That there, mm. you know, it's a lot of times to get that, especially that big level of success that you want, you've got to do just a little bit extra. And some of it is just showing the universe that you're committed, that you really want that, and the urge to quit. And, and sometimes the perceived obstacles are going to become the strongest right before you're about to have your biggest breakthrough. I think that's why it's like people are so close and that's when the message to quit, the idea, the feeling of frustration is the strongest. So most people are just yes. like, oh, I can't handle this anymore. Yes. I'm just like over yes. it. There's a book that's about this and it's, it's actually for people in the entertainment industry, but I feel like it's relevant for everyone. It's it's called An Actor's Life by Jenna Fisher. So I used to make my living as an actress. I've always been in the entertainment field. And she's the actress that's in the, the American version of The Office. And that's how most yeah, people yeah, know yeah. her. Yeah, 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 but um, she'd been a working actress for about 10 years. And she'd had some success, but not that like big level of success that she was one. She still had like her side work. You know, she wasn't just a full-time actress. And um, she basically was like, I'm done. I'm over this. She told her manager and her agent, I'm quitting. And they both said, are you crazy? Like, no, you need to keep going. And thankfully she listened. It was right after that, that she got the office gig. So I just sharing that because this is an example, like, and thankfully she had people around her that were like, no, don't do that. And so that's why I think having coaches, mentors, taking classes is so important so that when you have those moments, you have people around you that are like, can prop you up and help you feel like, yeah, it's worth to keep going. Now there might be things you need to do to feel better about it, do more self-care or maybe a slightly different strategy or whatever, but keep going. Don't give up your goal. If you ultimately want that vision for your life, keep going. And in terms of like your situation with the clients, I know that's so frustrating when that kind of thing happens, but the truth is there's so many clients in the world. Like it's not all right. set on that one. So we've all had those. And, and then I also want to share that on a pattern level, 
whenever bad things happen, I feel we're having a part, particularly hard time or day. I frequently feel that it's because this really good stuff is around the corner. So I've seen this as a pattern over and over again in my life. In fact, right before Will Ferrell's uh, invitation to come on that show, I was like, what is going on? I'm just having a really bad day. And I remember thinking like something awesome is coming. Sure enough, I got the call, you know, so these kinds of things will pop up. So also if you just tell yourself, I'm having a hard time, good things are coming. You also create a self-fulfilling mm-hmm. prophecy. I do believe that's the pattern, but it's also like our beliefs help create a reality. So it's important on a bunch of different levels, but surround yourself with positive, supportive people. Like I said, take a quote coach or get a mentor, take a class, you know, read and listen to inspiring things, take care of yourself, make sure you're getting sleep and nurturing. And that also helps with the mindset a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, I agree. And I I love that you uh, reframed that such a bad time, bad thing. Oh, good things must be coming. What a great way to reframe that. Because sometimes I feel I'm lying to myself if I'm faking it and saying, everything's great, everything's perfect. And it's like, I don't believe that, you know? So I don't want to say something that I don't believe. So I like how you uh, reframe that. Like, okay, this is what it is currently. However, it means that good things are coming. So I'm totally taking that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I've seen it over and over and again in my life in so many different ways. And it really does help with the mindset. Yeah, it's important to not do this kind of, um, you know, bypassing and just deny Mm -hmm. that things feel a certain Mm -hmm. way, but use your tools. I'm also a big fan of tapping. Have you explored tapping? No, I have not. I I love it. So it's, it's uh, tapping for short. It stands for emotional freedom technique. And the principle is that you use certain kind of pressure points on the body and you combine it with saying phrases that either help clear um, unhealthy patterns, beliefs, or emotions, or enforce the things that you want. So there's different tapping points, like on the the crown, you know, eyebrows. Um, you can just Google, you know, tapping points. I have a blog post about it. I'm a fan of Brad Yates, but there's a bunch of different tapping teachers. There's free videos on YouTube, kind of all over the place. There's books on it with scripts you could do on your own. But it's really profound. It helps you clear those beliefs and patterns. Or if you're having a bad day, you know, there's ones where you could say even though I'm having a bad day, I feel good. I feel, I still love myself or, you know, it just, it mm-hmm. really helps to clear. And I've been doing that pretty consistently in the past year. And it's been really, really impactful. Um, there's a video that's tapping for a million dollars. And I swear every time I did that, it's like good things happened. I had one day where I was like, or one week where I did it every day for a week. And that was, and then right after that, I had my first five figure day, you know? So, wow. you know, I've, I feel Amazing. it works and and it's important to yeah. remember that it's like a a process, you know, so that you mm-hmm. have oftentimes many layers of different beliefs and so just keep doing it and you're kind of mm-hmm. chipping away at some of these things right. for a period of time. Right. Oh, you're in, you're inspiring me so much. Thank you so <laughs> much, Laura. You have no idea cuz like what I just shared about the client that just happened yesterday And I've just kind of like, it kind of put me in a little bit of a funk, you know, and then today we have this interview and I'm like, oh my God, I'm interviewing this, you know, amazing woman and I want to be in like high vibe, but I'm feeling low vibe. And I was like, I'm going to just cancel. I'm going to reschedule. I was like, no, that's not professional. You can't do that. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm going to show up. We're going to have an amazing conversation. It's going to be great. I'm going to take away something beautiful that our listeners are going to also have value from, and it's going to be great. And 
I feel like it's already amazing. So thank you so much. I appreciate you so, so very much. Um, I want to switch gears a tiny bit on topic. And I know you were on Will Ferrell's podcast, which is so awesome. And I was listening to it. and It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, he had mentioned something about alcohol. And you then said uh, that the old phrase is spirits. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting connection. So it kind of inspired a question that I wanted to ask you. And that's when people drink alcohol, do you feel that it's because their consciousness is, is or their frequency is lower that they're then influenced potentially by spirits? Or can you just elaborate on that whole concept? Because I thought it was really, really fascinating. Um, I personally stopped drinking eight months ago and it changed my life and I, I love it. However, you know, uh, I'm just curious to hear your perspective on it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when you drink, your your sort of spiritual boundaries go down. And if you drink enough, they go really, really down <laughs> to the point of becoming like almost non-existent. And I think sometimes when people drink to the point of passing out or where they don't even remember and, you know, doing these kind of crazy things that sometimes they're literally not even in charge of their physical vessel anymore. Like spirits will come in and just have a kind of a play day in their body. Oh my God. And I already, as I mentioned, had struggles with those boundaries. Um, even when I wasn't drinking and I told this story about that one male spirit who really wanted to drink. And so that was, he was wanting. So I think there's, there's a lot of ghosts that are wanting that opportunity. They're just like, Waiting, <laughs> waiting. So yeah, from that perspective, it's it's a it's kind of strange to think about. Um, and then on a, a sort of more material level, I think it's an escape for a lot of people. You know, it's a coping mechanism, and it's a, a l- way to like literally, if if your life is challenging, I'm just going to escape this situation for a while. But you're you're the problem is your life is still the way that it is when you come back, and you may then have additional problems from the drinking. You know, like literally health issues or, you know, I also just on a financial level, gosh, have I spent so much money over on alcohol? I used to live in Los Angeles and it was like, I would spend like a hundred dollars a night sometimes on alcohol. $15. So expensive. Yep. Um, so there's so many different facets to look at this from, but I think for those who are very psychic and sensitive, I would recommend limiting or eliminating alcohol. Again, this is a person to person thing, but it in particular can damage your the parts of your body that are helpful for for channeling. So gotcha. The it's, you know drinking is known to be not great for the brain as as a whole. Um, and my book Diary of a Psychic, I talk about alcohol specifically and the impacts on the body. Um, but the pineal gland is believed to be housed in the brain. That's what we're thought of as the third eye mm-hmm. um, when we drink the whole brain is affected in particular our decision-making center in the brain and our memory centers and abilities, um, as well as the gut is also damaged. So these are Mm -hmm. two important areas for psychic abilities. So I too got the message to stop drinking. And as soon as I stopped drinking, a whole bunch of things that I've been trying really hard to manifest just kind of popped in. So I'm I'm going to share that because uh, anything that lowers your vibration is going to lower your ability to manifest. So in my case, that was a significant factor. I think alcohol does have a vibration as a whole. And if your vibration shifts to above that, then even the sort of high from drinking will, will be lower for you. So when you you drink, it kind of brings you up and then, then they're like the hangover phase, like, you know, that's, that's drinking too. Most people associate the first feeling from drinking as like, but the, the truth is that whole arc is, you know, the impact from drinking. And 
for a certain point, like if your energy shifts, even the up that is what is typically experienced with alcohol will actually be a down. So that's what started to happen. Like there's no point in me drinking now because if I drink, I immediately feel worse. <laughs> like immediately. Mm, like some people- Because you're already naturally on a higher frequency. Yeah. 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 So that's what I was guided to do. And then eventually my body just basically rejected it. And there was just literally like no point <laughs> in drinking. Wow. So I think this happens for a lot of people that are psychic and intuitive and I also think we're going through a sort of shift in our society um, as our whole world transforms, because it used to be in order to drink something that wasn't um, going to be damaging in terms of microbes and things like that, it needed to be fermented to kill off the bacteria. So for a long time, humans were drinking beer and whatnot, just be, and it was a safe thing to drink because, you know, it, they wouldn't get bacteria poisoning <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> from drinking unsafe water. But now we have all these, you know, we could have like water that's safer to drink and more, um, you know, sanitary methods of consumption. Yeah. The need is no longer there. Yeah. So what our needs are to be safe have shifted. So I think this is a really complex topic, but I especially think for psychic and sensitive people, at least, you know, lowering your alcohol consumption is, is definitely recommended and potentially okay. so not drinking at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. And and for me, what happened, you know, I got into an argument with a friend and it was such a weird experience because I I had upped my meditation so much and, you know, become more mindful. You know, this podcast shifted. This podcast used to be called Vibe Talk Music. And I was like, no, I want to talk about awakening. So I like relaunched my podcast. That's how we connected through, you know, me relaunching. And so just so much had happened and my own belief structure really crumbled with just my own journey. And so I got into an argument with a friend and I could feel that I was present and aware and I felt the anger arising, but because I was, you know, I was drinking, I couldn't stop myself, but I was aware of it. And I was like, this is like the weirdest experience ever, because I feel like in the past when I had been drinking, I could just kind of like let loose, but it's like I was letting loose, but then there was, there were these moments of awareness and presence mixed in. And it was like freaking me out. And it's like, I couldn't control myself. And then I got into this argument with a friend and I was like, oh, I don't like who I became. And so like after that experience, I just said, I'm just going to stop drinking for a while. And then it just, now it's been eight months and I'm like, I have no craving to drink. I have no desire to drink. It's just completely vanished. And so now the next thing I want to talk to you about, I was reading your blog and it said um, a whole bunch of different substances that, you know, you abuse can turn to mental health issues. But one of them on there was marijuana. And I thought that was very interesting because, you know, I have, I have epilepsy and I, I smoke from time to time. And the last seizure I had, which was about two weeks ago, I woke up from it and the urge vanished. I don't know what happened to me. It's been a crazy two weeks. I've been kind of like in a weird, weird state, but the urge has completely vanished. And I even hung out with a friend and it grossed me out. I didn't say anything to them, but the smell, everything about it, they were high, they were chilling. I would have smoked with them like three weeks ago. I just completely just grossed out and I it just vanished. And so I'm like, what is happening? So I'm curious to hear your perspective on marijuana because some people argue you can't overdose on it. How can you abuse it? You know, and you are getting high, right? So is there any correlation? And I would love to hear your your views. 
Yeah, I think this is a really complex topic because I think, for example, for certain medical conditions that CBD can be very helpful, but isolate is great. That doesn't have the THC, for example, for my perspective. That's what I'm talking about. For those those kinds of circumstances. So to be clear, I think for certain applications and certain parts of um, the marijuana plant, I think it can be very beneficial, but that THC element and... uh, Generally speaking, things that are hallucinogenic, I find to be not helpful (laughs) for people. Generally speaking, um, I want to be clear, and I do think this varies from person to person, but I do see that, for example, with especially like chronic marijuana use, that there's a lot of entities that can come in. It can be like an open doorway. So kind of like with alcohol, it it opens you to certain energies and potentially entities, and it's interesting because even though I drink alcohol, I always had a very strong negative reaction to marijuana and to cannabis and also not like the smell. And so it's it's just fascinating. I just think on some level, I was just like knew that this wasn't for me. Um, I, I've never tried marijuana. I just felt like it was another thing. I And I'll just say I, I did try shrooms once and it was like never again. <laughs> I just can't. But I'm already so clairvoyant. I already see so much. It was like, I don't, I don't need it. So I I do understand why some people kind of lean into that. But I also think if you want to open to some of those realms, there's other ways to do it besides through um, some of these substances. So some people find it helpful, but I do think you need to be careful of anything that you do too much. And even just like with alcohol, you know, a drink versus 10, big difference, right? Um, and, and I feel it's the same with cannabis or marijuana that, you know, when you do something chronically, um, it, it changes you, it changes your brain. And, you know, on, from a mental health perspective, for example, if you consume cannabis or smoke marijuana before a certain place, it can literally damage your brain. I mean, this is known by psychiatrists that this is an issue. Like it it can permanently alter and change your brain if you do it too young. So I think unfortunately, just like with anything, it's a substance and there are things that are important to know about. And, and I, I'm in some ways grateful that it's been legalized. I, first of all, I'm, I'm not a fan of, um, you know, the drug cartels. And so for that reason alone, I think this is right. a good step and to allow people to, to do it in a better and safe way if they're going to. But at the same time, people should know it is a substance. It does have a biological and spiritual impact and to be aware of that. And, and I certainly have known some people who they smoke a lot and it's like, you know, they just lose their motivation. I mean, this is the sort of stereotype of this person who's just like chilling out all the time, you know, and we do have things to do in our lives. So I think it's complex, but I think for those who are especially empathic and maybe have clairvoyant abilities, it's something to take in moderation or maybe even consider whether you want to do it all. Gotcha. Yeah. I just think it's an important topic to have. Um, and I'm sorry, an important conversation to have because I, I hear a lot about it, especially, I don't know if you're on the on the app Clubhouse, um, but there's a lot of opinions on it. So I always like to, to bring it up um, and just hear other people's perspectives because I think it's, I think it's important, you know, and I know for me, I've gone through so many drastic shifts and now it's just completely vanished for me. So it's uh, very, very interesting. So yeah, we'll see. So one other question I want to ask you before we wrap up uh, our interview is uh, I know that you have experienced channeling spirits or ghosts or entities that have passed on that were celebrities. So I'm curious, how did you how did that come about? Was that a conscious decision? Like I'm going to 
this is what I'm going to do? Did they just kind of show up? Or I'm just curious to hear how that happened. Yeah. So I was already a practicing psychic, the professional psychic, and I'd been taking classes and understood and experienced channeling. And I'll never forget the first time I did it. And I, I had a friend of mine who was a videographer. And so she did this on video for me. And so I just thought, well, I'm just going to open up the channel and see who shows up. And the first spirits that showed up were celebrities. So like, it was just like, they just oh, showed wow. up. So, and some of them, I was like, wow, this is wild. So Abraham Lincoln, you know, political celebrity. No way. Yeah. He was the first one. He was the first one. And I was like, at That's first, so I was crazy. kind of taken aback, but on the other hand, my master's degree is in political science. Like I work uh, in government and politics, so you know I was in that world. And he said something that was quite profound to me. He said, "When this country was founded, a lot of teacher souls came in through politics and government. Like that was the mm. avenue for these souls to come in and teach and share." And and I had been trying to struggling to let go of politics at that point because I had been so involved in it before. And I think this was for me to help understand like why I was being guided to make this shift. And then he told me that now those systems are very kind of locked down. And so the teacher souls are coming in through arts, media, entertainment, you know, mm. writing, music, dance, okay. film. Makes a lot of sense. You know, because that's yeah. the medium where there's this more kind of free flowing of information without as much corruption in the whole system. Like, don't get me wrong, there's still corruption in parts of them. But I, that was really profound for me. And then, and then who came through right after that was uh, Jim Morrison <laughs> from The Doors and wow. Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. And I was just like, this is so strange. But I didn't personally, but like they are the ones that just showed up, but they're such distinct personalities and also yeah. so distinct from each other. And then once that I did that first channeling, I was like, well, this is fascinating. I started to play around with, you know, inviting them and, you know, just purposefully channeling certain celebrities. Um, but with this work, there's not that many people doing this. So, you know, if you want to connect with a particular celebrity spirit, they're still trying to get their messages across. Like once they pass on, it's not like they're done. Their soul okay. is still trying to do that work. So they are looking for those to communicate with. That's fascinating. So I'm, I'm curious to hear because there are some other people that are, you know, uh, I guess, expert channelers or mediums. Would you, are you able to kind of pinpoint those that are full of BS or I'm curious to hear your, your opinion on that. Are there some out there that are faking it or how can, how can one even know if they're, if they're for the real deal, I guess? Oh boy, this is a complex topic. And yes, there are definitely some where I'm just like, mm, what does it I'm not going to say any names, obviously. Right, of course. Of and course. there are some where there may be an element of sincerity and maybe there's some spin as well. This happens a lot when you're getting into big, you know, media because there's a right. pressure to perform. There's a pressure to get something that's really kind of that wow. The theatrics of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just feel, does it resonate for you? Does it feel like it's legitimate as a, as a viewer? I did a channeling... This is, I think, a couple of years ago, but you know, I channeled Amy Winehouse, and and I mean, I've channeled quite a bit, but when she came in, I just what I felt from her was so strong. Like I, this isn't a typical thing that I did, but I like cried because I could feel her emotions. Wow. I cried, you know, just feeling her sadness and some of the things mm. that she experienced. So just like, just feel. Does it feel authentic to you? Does it feel like whatever that? that medium or psychic is doing is resonant? Does it feel authentic? And 
I do think there's a lot of psychics that are very psychic, but they're also a lot of spirits and beings that are not fully in the light and that are manipulative. And some psychics that don't know how to protect their channel might have those beings manipulate them as well. Gotcha. Okay. And when these spirits are not here with us, when you're not channeling them, and I apologize if this is an ignorant question, I just, I don't know where, I guess, where are they? Are they still here and they're just making themselves, I guess, visible to you or do they go off to another dimension or maybe you don't know? I'm just curious. Well, the other side is what people frequently refer to this as. And yeah, they're they're kind of popping in and out from my perspective of being here. They come and connect with us and then they kind of do things on the other side. But even the sense of time is a really material yeah. construct. So right. that's just from our perspective. That's true. But yeah. yeah, in that sense, like they may have died whatever, 30 years, 100 years, whenever they died. But from their soul perspective, there, there may not be that sense of time at all. So that's why we're like, wow, that was so long ago. But like in, from quantum physics perspective and everything, is it really, was it really though? Yeah. Even any time? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and some people believe that everything's happening all at once. And I feel like there's a, a resonance to that as well. So yeah, it's a complex topic, but these spirits are still available and connecting with us. Occasionally I'll get like, oh, someone's not available, but most of the time I feel I get that they are. Okay. Wow. One last question I have for you before we wrap up our time together, and that is you mentioned previously that you could call on angels or you have your spirit guides. And I know that's a phrase I've heard a lot in spirituality. Uh, for someone who may not have a connection to an angel or a spirit guide, how would you go about that? Or is that in one of your books? Or I guess what's the 101 on contacting and getting in touch with your spirit guide? <laughs> sure. So everyone has angels and spirit guides. I mean, it's just okay. kind of a, from my perspective, from what I've seen anyway, that this is a pretty universal thing. And you may not be aware of that, though. I mean, I even being super psychic, I, I didn't have an awareness of this until I learned about it. So sometimes we need to be given that kind of introduction in a way. Mm-hmm. And the difference between say ghosts and like angels or, or your spirit guides is they honor our free will. Like, you know, not nice people. They don't care what you want. They'll just break into your house and steal your stuff and assault you or whatever. So that's like a ghost or a, a being that's not helpful. That's not in the light. An angel, they want to be invited in. They want you to want them. They want you to choose mm. to connect. Okay. And this is really important because you just may not know this. I didn't know this. And the moment I knew this and I invited them in and asked for help, everything changed. And it changed quite dramatically and very quickly. Wow. So ask okay. for help. Invite them in because the dark stuff will just show up. It's like, let's say you get a plot of <laughs> land. Okay. And there's weeds. They just show up. You don't need to like plant the weeds. They're just there. Right. right? And you have to actively be like, oh, weeds, sorry, but I don't want you in this garden. You have to plant the flowers. You have to plant the fruit trees or the, you know, the whatever you want. And it's a process. Like you, you know, if you don't weed for a while, they'll take over. And so that said, the more you weed and you kind of establish your boundaries, the, the less you have to do it on an active basis. So I feel like that's how the spiritual realm works as well, that we invite the angels or spirit guides in and the more that we do that, the kind of easier it is to maintain that garden. So in the beginning, you might have to feel like you're doing a lot of weeding with clearing out the stuff that isn't helpful and like trying to cultivate the stuff that is. Mm-hmm. But then 
the more you do it, the easier it gets to maintain. So ask your angels and spirit guides to help you for specific things for in general. And my book, Angels, How to Understand, Recognize, and Receive Their Guidance is all about that. So if you want like a step-by-step, like read that book. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. That's what I needed. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get that book. Fantastic. Well, I just want to thank you, Laura. You are absolutely incredible. I'm so inspired. I'm just so, I feel so uplifted and it's just like, look, you did it. I can do it too. So that's how I view other people that are successful. So I think it's amazing. Um, Before we wrap up, I always ask every single guest this question. What are your words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with um, that have helped you on your path so far? Gosh, you can have an incredible life that is probably beyond whatever you could even picture for yourself right now and surround yourself with loving and supportive people who believe that that's possible for you and others. And this is a process. Um, You know, you may not have people in your circle. That's okay. Just start to connect, whether that's through an online group or a class or a mentor, listening to podcasts, just do that. Uh, Release whatever doesn't feel positive for you. Make room for what is and just hold that vision for yourself with, you know, time and faith and action steps on your part. Almost anything is possible. Just again, just referencing where I started and where I came from, which is very intense background. And I've created an incredible life for myself and you can too. And also... When you follow your spiritual path and purpose, magic unfolds. And even I think one of the challenges is sometimes people think, well, I don't want that path and purpose, but you, you probably do. It's just that your sort of programming has got you believing that you don't. And then as I've gotten along my path, a lot of the things that I wanted that were like more kind of fun and maybe not what I thought was on my path, they've just kind of come, come in for me in these amazing ways. So as you step into your path and your purpose, a lot of the other fun things are more accessible to you. So a lot of people are pursuing the fun kind of from this. And it's like, if you do the purpose stuff first, it just comes in a lot more easily. (laughs) Beautiful. Awesome. All right. So let everybody know how they can best support you, where they can find you, your social media, and whatever else you want to promote. The floor is yours. If you're listening to this right at the beginning of when it's released, then I'm launching my psychic training course, which is a six month course. And that's for really diving deep into like tapping into your abilities, mindset stuff, the business side for any kind of intuitive business. It doesn't mean you have to be a psychic, but just anything where you want to tap into your um, intuition in terms of business. And then I am on social media at Twitter at that Laura Powers, Instagram at Laura Powers 44 and on Facebook at Healing Powers. And my website is healingpowers.net. And you can also reach me at bookings with an S. So bookings at laurapowers.net. Feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect with people on social and just go for it. The more we all, you know, rise up, then the better we all are. So I'm just so happy to connect with you and love the show and your platform. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate you. (laughs) Till next time, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode brought you value and perspective. If you are a coach yourself or aspiring to be, maybe you're a healer, tarot card reader, 
mystic, author, or light worker in any sense of the word, if you are looking to get more clarity around how to launch or relaunch your spiritual-based business, perhaps you want to start your own podcast or figure out your core audience, maybe you just need accountability to get the thing done, schedule a time with me at calumly.com slash vibequeen slash map consultation and we can hop on a zoom call and see if working together makes sense. I appreciate you sending you so much love and until next time.